The Cell Phone Junkie Podcast, episode 544 for November 13th, 2016. AT&T to begin offering downgraded video to save data, Apple begins selling refurbished iPhones, and the first major changes to Gmail for iOS in years. My name is Mickey Papillon. And I'm Joey Kappas. Brought to you each week by the Cell Phone Junkie podcast application, available now for Android, iOS, and Windows Phone 8 for $1.99. Well, AT&T has said it is preparing a new service that will allow customers to stream more video content over their network and conserve the consumer's data. It's called StreamSaver, and it's set to become available early 2017, and it will downgrade streamed video to 480p so it uses less wireless data to stream that content. AT&T said it plans to alert customers when StreamSaver is available, and customers will be able to switch it on or off at will. Once customers activate it, all content StreamSaver can identify as video will be downgraded to DVD quality. StreamSaver does not impact the quality of the music stream from services such as Spotify. And further, StreamSaver does not allow for unlimited video watching via LTE. Rather, it's a tool to reduce data consumption. In contrast, T-Mobile's Binge On allows for unlimited video streaming over their wireless network without impacting a monthly user's data allotment. So, like as we talked before, this uh, you know this kind of change is good for both the networks and for the consumer because uh, you know 480p quality uses what one one sixth of the data that like a 720p video stream uses. Uh, uh, it, it's drastically less when you uh, down convert it like that, even though the visual quality isn't that much noticeable. Uh, on a phone size screen, of course. So, but of course, the difference is, yeah, it's not uh, unlimited like T-Mobile. So that's still not going to be a very big selling point. It really won't make that much difference uh, for customers because, like, for Netflix right now, and I, I think maybe even Amazon, you can control the quality of the stream within those particular apps already. So you don't really need AT&T to be managing that for you. Yeah, this is like uh, the YouTube thing, right? Like when you're going on and you're just watching video on there. And I mean, it's something that I, I definitely appreciate having that, um, you know, binge on for me is turned on and I, I don't notice it. In fact, if anything, it's a better experience because the video streams f- starts faster, l- less buffering and all of that. But I don't necessarily see, uh, you know, quality of the video that has been degraded to the point where I, I've got an issue with it. And in fact, uh, it's interesting. I was watching um, the Slingbox this week over my Verizon connection, and I was it was it struck me just how poor it was. The experience was because it was buffering and it was, you know, skipping and there, it was getting all pixelated because it was trying to stream at the full quality. And I've got an HD Slingbox. And so I was trying to do that and I was having trouble with it. And I never have that on my phone when I do it over T-Mobile because it's always downgraded to the 480 and it just, it just works and it's just smooth. So again, it comes down to the experience. And so I think while it might not be something that is a huge selling point for a, a consumer that, um, you know, maybe has a pretty big you know data plan they don't really care if they're using it all but i think the experience alone might be something to get people to leave it turned on it sure may be and i think i think your sling app you can actually downgrade the quality in the app itself i think you but, can uh, okay you can. Uh, but of course this this of course leads the door open to at&t to of course in the future offer some sort of unlimited maybe you spend five bucks more a month to get unlimited video with this uh you know back end that they're setting up here for this uh for the the, the data trafficking so this is what uh, they're probably thinking they can then leverage this in the future 
Yeah, it's a it is an interesting, I'll just say first step. It's a baby step and it's something that I think they're doing it the right way where they're not forcing the user to to do it. And I guess T-Mobile isn't either. Uh, but it's also saying that if you want to do this to conserve some of your data, you can, but if you don't want to do it, you don't have to and and don't worry about uh, you know, really anything with it. If you don't want to use it, it's not going to be something that is uh, getting pushed on you. So, um AT&T I think making some smart choices in how they're implementing this. In unrelated but still related streaming news, the FCC this week said that it has some serious concerns about AT&T's planned streaming mobile video service. Specifically, the agency is worried about a $35 price point that may obstruct competition and harm consumers um, as other services won't be able to match it in terms of content offering and delivery costs. So what this is, is a $35 monthly fee that will have AT&T customers given access to more than 100 channels of DirecTV content. And that price of service includes the cost of streaming the service over the network. The agency believes that the service might violate its net neutrality rules with respect to prioritized content. The FCC gave AT&T uh, until early next week to respond to its inquiries. So um, certainly I think this, you know, comes down to now we're, we've crossed over into the realm of, you know, AT&T owns DirecTV. They're going to be offering this prioritized plan and now prioritized video that could potentially cause other issues on the network. If you happen to be somebody who's watching video content from another service or something like that, uh, that could then cause issues. And hence the fact that net neutrality has been brought up in this. Right. And it also sounds uh, kind of monopolistic and, uh, you know, anti-competitive behavior as well, where you're you know locking out competitors uh which is you know not uh, legal either so i, I you know they're, it, it, it's kind of a slippery slope here that they can get it down i mean they're trying to offer bundling and all this but it, it there is a line where you you do cross that and it's no longer legal to be doing these things well, and to me, it, it actually kind of is enticing uh, in some respects to think about being able to stream 100 channels of DirecTV content for 35 bucks. That's a not a bad deal when you think about what you're paying. And uh, if you happen to be someone who watches most of your video content on a tablet, then this is it, it almost becomes a no brainer if you think about it. Uh, and so it's it's kind of a, it's an interesting proposition that they have here. So uh, we'll be definitely watching that one very closely. Verizon on Monday expanding its selection of prepaid service plans with two new data options. Uh, Verizon prepaid customers can now select a 5-gig plan for $50 a month or a 10-gig plan for $70 a month. Both include unlimited talk and text, mobile hotspot, international messaging, and carryover data. The $70 plan adds calling to Mexico and Canada. Verizon does not charge overages, but will throttle speeds to those who exceed their monthly data bucket. You know, I, I, before we move on here, one of the things that you had messaged me about earlier this week, and, and it's not necessarily news, but it's something that has come up um, that it kind of in, you know, slowly has weaved its way into our lives, which is how we're using our devices internationally. And it's something that I, I guess I, I had not realized what Verizon was doing here with their latest plans. Yeah, because they've got this, uh, you know, relatively new feature uh, called Travel Pass, and it's it's a free, you know, thing you add to your plan, so it doesn't cost you, uh, you know, anything to have it available. But what happens is if you travel to uh, Canada or Mexico, it, they they charge you two dollars a day, and what it does is extends your uh, your domestic minutes, text, and data. 
uh, to uh, to these countries. So you can travel in these countries and roam in these countries without actually paying anything more than what you normally do for your plan, uh, with the exception of $2 per day that you use it while you're there. So if you don't actually turn your phone on or use anything, you won't be charged that particular day. So it also is $10 a, a day for other countries. Uh, it, it's not quite as big as their their normal list of, of roaming that you can buy uh, extended data packs. That's like 270 countries. This is like 120 countries, but it really covers some of the, 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 the bigger and more popular countries to travel to. And yet $10 a day isn't cheap, especially if you're you know going for a month, you wouldn't really want to do that. But if you're going for three, four, five days, which for business travelers that I have uh, on my uh, Verizon account at work, that's absolutely perfect because now they don't have to worry about roaming packages. I don't have to pay these monthly fees for the 200, uh, the 100 minutes and then the 250 megabytes is all you'd get for like $70 a month to have on the plan. This is way better because then they can use the phone, um, in the country that they're in the minutes are, uh, the, the local minutes you can do local calling, uh, for basically whatever your minutes are in your plan, which are unlimited. And then you can call back to the U S uh, and U S can call you for nothing. So that's a huge deal. That's a huge saving. Cause otherwise it's, you know, $2 a minute to make phone calls or you get like the hundred minute bucket that they had. So it's a, you know, that's a huge savings in it. And it's actually a, a vastly better user experience. Well, and if you think about what you're using your phone for when you travel, it's so much more uh, than when you're using it just on a day-to-day basis. So the $10 is is actually kind of a bargain when you think about it, because um, again, to Joey's point, uh, whether you're in your hotel room and you're trying to connect up to, uh, you know, to tether a laptop or you're trying to, if you just, let's say streaming Netflix or something like that, um, you know, certainly there are, th- th- this could be like an amazing proposition um, that is, is really no big deal. And you just get to use your phone as you would when you were back in the States. And so I, I, I did not realize that the travel pass was as affordable as it was. And, you know, even a week long trip is only 70 bucks, 70 bucks is, you know, a, a fraction of, you know, of, uh, the cost of what the trip is going to cost you. So it's, it's and to not have to deal with going and buying a SIM card or renting a phone or doing all of this. It's, it's well worth it in my opinion. And you're completely reachable because you've got your own device. You've got your phone numbers the same. Everything's the same. Of course, you can you know hail your Uber because your app is installed and it works. Everything is like everything is the way you want it and the the way you should have it. And it's uh, yeah, it makes so much sense. So I'm really excited about that feature. And you don't have to do anything. It's just automatic. So I, I'm uh, I, I turn that on for pretty much everybody at the uh, at the office. So it's a it's a neat uh, neat feature. Yeah, it's great to have and great to know about. And if you happen to be an international travel and you traveler and you didn't know about it, go check that out. Travel Pass from Verizon. Switching over to device news, Apple recently adding iPhones to the list of refurbished devices that it sells through its online store. The company has a small selection of iPhone 6S and iPhone 6S Plus models in varying colors and storage capacities on the site. The average discount is about 15% compared to new models. A refurbished 64 gig iPhone 6S Plus will sell for $589. According to Apple, refurbished phones have a new battery, new outer shell, and are backed by a one-year warranty. They are sold unlocked and without a SIM card. Now, for uh, the the Apple Outlet Store, I buy pretty much all my devices that I can from the Apple Outlet Store, iPads and uh, MacBooks and iMacs and everything, uh, you know, iPads, they, they all come from the uh, from that store. And it's uh, usually very good. It's 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 always uh, kind of uh, bothered me that they've never sold iPhones or I've really wondered why they haven't sold iPhones. But now they finally started, which I, I can't believe it took them this long. 
It's, I mean, at the very least, it's something that let's say you've got uh, a device that breaks uh, or you lose it or whatever, and you and you don't want to go, let's say, downgrade to something that is, you know, two or three years old. You can get last year's model through the store. Uh, Success is still or Success Plus still very. Very capable devices and um, 15% off compared to what that new model is. So definitely worth it if you're in the market for a replacement device. You're trying to pick up a device for somebody else in your life and you don't want to spend full price. Uh, It's basically a new device, which is very, very nice. Uh, And get ready for the iPhone 8 rumors. Uh, Apple will be releasing new devices, of course, next year. And according to Barclays Research Analysts, apparently they will be a 5-inch and 5.8-inch model, uh, curved bezel-free designs, effectively making them the same size as the current 4.7 and 5.5-inch models, just with screens that extend all the way out to the edge of the device. Uh, They are citing sources from Apple's supply chain following a recent trip to Asia, and they said the borderless design will allow for the new iPhone's as I mentioned, to be the same size as the current models. Now, the iPhone 8 design uh, doesn't sound like it's 100% locked down, they say, but they do believe that a move to a bezel-less design with screen sizes getting larger and curved edges uh, will help them to uh, effectively give them a bigger size on the same footprint. Um, In the research note, they said that only the 5.8-inch model will use the OLED display technology, so it'll be sharper and brighter than as well as more energy efficient than the current LCD technologies. Uh, they're also saying that they're going to be uh, supplied by Samsung and LG, uh, joined by Foxconn-owned Sharp in 2018. Uh, it also corroborates KGI Securities analysts who said uh, back this past year that the 5.8-inch phone would have a curved OLED screen with glass casing. Uh, so we'll have to kind of wait and see what happens with this. But it has been widely rumored that Apple will have a bezel-free design uh, and possibly removing the home button. Uh, but Barclays does not believe the home button uh, will be removed in place of an in-screen solution. Uh, but they do expect the screen will extend vertically as well as horizontally. But exactly how much is yet to be seen. Yeah, so moving to an OLED screen, really the savings come from when you have black on the screen where there's no light being generated. So my thought would be iOS 11 may be another one of these, uh, you know, drastic uh, kind of reskins where they change it to a dark theme or or it may be a dark theme just for the new iPhones as well to kind of push people over to that. Uh, but that would be something uh, kind of also expect for iOS 11 then uh, if the rumors are true for an OLED screen. It would make sense. And obviously that would be um, it would be a huge thing to save, you know, to, to save on the battery and, and by trying to go. But instead of changing the battery, making the battery bigger to do other things, whether it's more efficient processors, something like the screen, which takes up so much of the battery that you're using. Um, you know, it's a it would be it, it would be a nice thing for them to do, I think. And I, I wonder just how far a reskin would would go. Right. I mean, you think about all the whites that you have in, in the operating system right now. So they, they would potentially have a lot of things that they could change. They sure would. And, uh, you know, of course, it's been four years since iOS. It, it will be four years with uh, since the transition to iOS 7 where this, you know, real white, uh, bright theme uh, got introduced. So it, it's about time for kind of a, a drastic change, too. Yeah. But again, just rumors. We still have 10 months or something like that before any of this is going to be uh, be actually official. So we've got quite a bit of time. And we promise not to shove it down your throat over the next 10 months, that's for sure. Uh, Google on Monday announcing a new app for smartphones, providing the opportunity to use Android Auto in the car without the purchase of a new vehicle. Android Auto has been available in select cars and in-dash screens for about two years. Google says about 200 cars from around 50 manufacturers support Android Auto in the dashboard. 
It, uh, Android Auto for Android handsets includes driver-friendly user interfaces, providing access to core functions, including navigation, music, and communications directly on the phone. Google says the new app will launch automatically when paired to cars via Bluetooth, but can also be turned on manually. The app includes support for OK Google commands uh, to launch phone calls, dictate messages, and search for addresses. Google plans to improve voice actions uh, in the weeks ahead as well. Android Auto is compatible with Android devices running Android 5 and up, and it will be made available to devices in 30 countries in the upcoming days. HTC and Sprint on Friday announced the Bolt. This is the first smartphone to ship with support for three-channel carrier aggregation, or 3XCA, on Sprint's LTE Plus network. The HTC Bolt can aggregate 320 MHz LTE channels to improve the wireless performance and give theoretical maximum download speeds at 450 megabits per second, though it expects real-world real world speeds to be just under 300 megabits per second. And while the Bolt will be the first handset to ship with 3XCA active out of the box, Sprint earlier this year said that the HTC 10 and 9, as well as LG G5, Samsung Galaxy S7, and S7 Edge will all be 3XCA capable. They just need a software update to turn the functionality on. The Bolt is a unibody metal handset with IP57 protection against water and dust, 5.5-inch quad HD screen, curved glass, 810 Samsung processor, and 3 gigs of RAM with 32 gigs of storage, and support for micro SD cards up to 2 terabytes. The main camera has a 16-megapixel sensor with an aperture of f2.0. It has phase detection autofocus, optical image stabilization, dual LED flash, and 4K video recording. The user-facing camera has an 8-megapixel sensor with a selfie light. The HTC Bolt is also uh, also has a 3,200 milliamp-hour battery, USB-C support with quick charge 2 for rapid power-ups. The phone uh, does not include the trademarked boom sound speakers, however, but it does ship with a boom sound adaptive uh, audio headset. The headphones include microphones and work together with onboard software to fine-tune the EQ based on the phone's ear and surrounding environment for the best possible sound. It ships with Android 7 Nougat and the latest version of Sense UI. It will reach stores November 11th for $25 a month for 24 months with an installment plan. T-Mobile Monday announcing the SyncUp Drive. This is a plug-in device for cars providing connectivity as well as safety and analytics tools. The SyncUp Drive plugs into most cars' OBD2 ports and can generate an in-car rolling hotspot for keeping Wi-Fi devices connected through the T-Mobile LTE network. The associated app also allows owners to analyze driving behavior, track the location of their car, set speed and geofence limits, and even receive diagnostic information about the car itself. The SyncUp Drive costs $150, but T-Mobile will give it to customers Customers for free as long as they agree to sign up for a two-year service plan with a minimum of two gigabytes of data per month. The SyncUp drive is made by ZTE. Service plan pricing varies depending on how much data you get. So my question for this is, while I love the concept of it, I love the idea of being able to effectively know where the car is at any point, um, but I also am trying to understand why would I want to get something like this specifically from my carrier versus a, I'll say, third-party solution that is more specifically geared towards the, say, the diagnostic piece of what I would be able to get out of a tool like this? 
Yeah, you wouldn't want this for diagnostic. I mean, what, what they'd be pulling, uh, you know, typically is the ODB2 stuff, uh, which is, you know, kind of basic engine code. You wouldn't get anything for manufacturer-specific information. At least it would be very unlikely that you would. Uh, also, I'd highly not recommend putting one of these in your car's ODB2 port because uh, certain car computers like BMWs, I know this for a fact, if you have something plugged into it, it will keep the computers awake instead of going into deep sleep, which means your battery will be dead, you know, dead as a door nail in the morning or if you leave the car for more than a day or two because it's uh the computers keep talking to this thing and uh so it's bad news uh, on many fronts to have something like this actually plugged into your odb2 port interesting and you know I, I the other part of it is if you're even if you're getting one for free when you sign up for a two two year plan um you know does it really matter do you need to have a hot spot in your car all the time i i I, I've, I've seen a lot of makers that are doing this and I, I actually did kind of a DIY mobile hotspot in my car for a while where I had a whole system rigged up and I, I just I didn't see the benefit of having having that in there. Just I don't I don't know. Maybe I I don't know why I just I, did, I didn't find myself using it all that often. Right. And of course, your ODB2 port usually is by your knee in the in the driver's side, which means you'll be bumping this thing. Uh, it's also not going to provide you that greatest signal strength down there way, you know, down by your feet. So it's going to be covered with a lot more metal, a lot more electronics around it. So it's not ideal. Whereas the, you know, ones that have, you know, built in cars, they're using the actual antenna in the car for picking up the LTE signal. And they've got, you know, stronger amplifiers and it, it, just a much better uh, system if you, you know, if it's built into the car instead of using something like this. So I'd recommend just skipping it yeah i i'm i'm kind of with you on that one but it uh it is there if you want to get it and uh certainly it, it does offer some functionality that may be of value for what you're paying for to get it in software news google on monday made a new version of gmail available for ios devices new features and performance improvements to boot uh gmail for ios includes the undo send tool from inbox that gives people the short opportunity to recall emails before they're pushed out. Gmail gains a swipe uh, actions for both archive and delete functionality, as well as uh, more control over inbox clutter. Google improved search in Gmail, adding instant results, spelling suggestions, and raw speed. The revised appearance includes sleek transitions and quicker performance across the board. Gmail for iPhone and iPad is free to download from the iTunes App Store. Google also pushing out an update to its iOS calendar application with a handful of new tools. The app now includes month view and week view in landscape modes and adds support for Apple's Spotlight Search, allowing Google Calendar users to search for events, reminders, and goals across accounts. Lastly, Calendar for iOS adds support for alternative calendars such as non-Gregorian and others. Google Calendar for iOS is free to download from the iTunes App Store. Samsung said its Samsung Galaxy S8 smartphone, scheduled to be released next year, will include a digital personal assistant to help owners with spoken results. The assistant will rely on artificial intelligence technology that Samsung acquired last month when it closed on the purchase of Viv. Beyond offering help with Samsung's own apps and services, Samsung said the personal assistant will work with third-party applications. Developers can attach and upload services to the agent, they said, uh, and Samsung had previously said that it would use Viv to add personal assistance to its phones, but had not specifically until this week named the Galaxy S8 as the device that they would be launching that with. 
Google has updated all three of its Android productivity apps with a focus on notifications. So, for example, people uh, will now see notifications within their Google Drive Android application whenever someone mentions them in a comment or shares a document with them directly. Further users will see notifications in their Docs, Sheets, and Slides applications uh, when they're using them. The notifications should be helpful and more helpful than generic system notifications Google has offered for some time as the new notifications are specific to each of the three applications. The latest Drive app is required in addition to the newer versions of Docs, Slides, and Sheets. Google says Sheets now allows people to resize rows and columns down to the pixel width for a more exact fit. Uh, moreover, Sheets can users can now create and edit data validation within Sheets as they can on the web. Lastly, Sheets users can change the color of the Sheet tabs in Sheets and help differentiate different t- pages on a larger spreadsheet document. The latest versions of Drive, Docs, Sheets, and Slides are all free to download from the Google Play Store. And a system update for the T-Mobile variants of the Galaxy S7 and S7 Edge this week should help improve wireless speeds. Uh, Specifically, the update gives the built-in Snapdragon X12 LTE modem support for the 256 QAM on the downlink and 64 QAM on the uplink. These wireless speeds are better uh, able to take advantage of the 4x4 MIMO support that was pushed out to the S7 and S7 Edge last month for a 133% increase in wireless speeds. Those updates for the T-Mobile S7 and S7 Edge are free to download over the air. And finally, in news, Samsung began allowing owners of the S7 and S7 Edge to experience a preview of the Nougat builds of the through the Galaxy Beta program. The program is meant more for Samsung's benefit than of that of the end user, as it will give feedback by beta users to the uh, manufacturer to improve the experience and re- reliability. Samsung says beta testers will have an opportunity to see the latest user experience elements based on Android 7 Nougat. The company hopes to uh, for direct feedback from the betas uh, about the performance, stability, and usability as it prepares for the software release later this year. Samsung warns the beta software may cause unexpected errors and malfunctioning. It is open to Sprint, T-Mobile, and Verizon branded versions of the device. People will be required to download the beta program application from the Galaxy App Store and apply via the registration menu, and they expect to test builds of Nougat between now and the end of December. A question this week, it comes to us from Bob, and he says, Mickey and Joey, um, I've got a set of V-Moda wireless headphones, that's M-O-D-A, that can be used uh, either wirelessly or with a 3.5 millimeter cable. So while I use a lightning adapter to connect to the iPhone 7, I'm wondering if it's possible for the manufacturer to make an audio cable with lightning plug-in on one end and 3.5 millimeter plug-in to plug into the headphones. I'm trying to avoid carrying a bunch of adapters. Thanks, Bob. So um, as I mentioned, the V-Moda headphones Bob is talking about, um, they they have a way to plug in a female uh, or a male jack into them. So on the headphones, they have a female 3.5 millimeter headphone jack. So the, the short answer is yes, you can, you can use a 3.5 millimeter male to lightning male cable for this purpose. You can actually get them on Amazon for only 10 bucks and uh, be able to connect up to an iPhone 7 with no problem. Yep, and if you wanted an extra adapter, you could just use a, a male three and a half millimeter to three and a half millimeter, you know, patch cable too. If you wanted to use that one that came with the iPhone Seven, if you wanted, but yeah, uh, for ten bucks, uh, it's uh, uh, probably not a bad deal to just pick one of those up. 
Yeah, and it's, I mean, obviously this is the great thing about having a, a type of you know, set of headphones like that where um, you can easily just plug these in if you need to when the batteries die. Um, and I, I don't know that this cable would be really all that useful, although now that I'm thinking about it, this would be the exact cable that you would want for connecting up to an aux port in a car, so that would be kind of a nice thing to have. Absolutely, and check the reviews like the the, the one you had, Mickey, listed. The reviews are kind of lackluster, so there's probably some other options that may have slightly better reviews. Yeah, but it's essentially what you're looking for is a male three and a half millimeter cable uh, to male lightning cable, and there's the billion of them out there, uh, and so hopefully you'll be able to find something that works for you. If you have any questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. Give us a call, 650-999-0524. Again, 650-999-0524. Or you can send us email like Bob did to questions at thecellphonejunkie.com and we'll get whatever you have to say on a future show. Joey, thank you very much, as always, for your time. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening. For more information about the stories you've just heard, visit us at thecellphonejunkie.com. 